Okay. <sighs> I don't really know how to start a podcast. I guess nothing has changed, and yet now I am sweaty. Um, I don't. I mean, I think I would know how to start a podcast if I knew the name of that podcast. Uh, yes, we don't have a you name. Know? Tentative name. Yeah. We've got a tentative name. We're starting a podcast, everyone. This is mm-hmm. Callie and Kath, and we've actually <laughs> we've aptly not officially named this podcast Kath and Cal after college. Right, which... right, because the first thing you should do when you decide to start a podcast is not name it. Yeah, not Who name cares it. Cares about and marketing. It doesn't matter what the name is, and if you don't have a name, just put your names in it. <laughs> <laughs> just make it your name. Yeah, common a... limited. <laughs> colon the yeah. date if you wiki yeah. how how to name a podcast you probably get first name first name and where are you now <laughs> yeah true 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 well we decided to start a podcast because um uh we've known each other for a couple of years now and uh we thought it would be fun you know everyone's on lockdown anyways and everyone's creating a podcast so why not us you know <laughs> why not add to the mix <laughs> in an oversaturated market maybe we can get yep. someone to listen to it just a little bit more saturation oh my god you're frozen i'm frozen oh now you're back we didn't account for that in our contingency plan <laughs> we did not you know the one thing that feels stable today is wi-fi <laughs> it's like the only thing and in even the world. that it's like there's one thing you can count on it's wi-fi maybe right maybe and that is only if you're very lucky and uh have a good signal (laughs) because a lot of times that just also doesn't happen um can so maybe you could speak a little bit better to why we started a podcast or what we want to be talking about because clearly i've done a shit job of summarizing (laughs) (laughs) You know we're we're beginners here, but I would say yeah. the uh, the the podcast started because I started a podcast for my company, and mm-hmm. it's been fun. And we both kind of intuited that the other might be interested in co-creating a podcast, and here we right. are. And what I think that uh, the premise, which is generally, is the reality of life after college and the reality Mm -hmm. of being 24 year olds, you know, we, we went through college together. It was this ideal little paradise. And then, you know, you enter the real world and like Kath and I catch up quite frequently. And we like talk about Mm -hmm. our DIY projects and our, our pets. Yeah. And a lot has changed (laughs) since crushing cases of natty light. (laughs) It's, it's changed so much and like I think I look back and I'm I I went back home to visit my family. My brother just graduated from USC as you know um in quarantine a couple of of weeks ago and uh, my family and I we all drank together and like my younger siblings are in college now so we were like playing uh you know beer games. What, rage cage and, and beer <laughs> games. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Do I remember what they're called? Um and Keanu, my other brother, was like blasting. He makes these mixtapes of like rager music. And I swear to God, that song by the Chainsmokers, I Want to Be Like Kanye, came on. Oh, yeah. And it was in the middle of a Rage Cage game. And it was like, 
I had this out of body experience that I'm like, I, I'm standing on a table. It's I'm in KA. The lights are blaring. Callie's across the room. Like everything just immediately came back and it was this crazy experience. And I'm like, dude, that was two years ago. That's not that long ago. Not that long ago. Yet everything has changed. <laughs> so much. So it's much. Like- I was so hungover after that. <laughs> Wait, the the graduation party or KA? The graduation party. No, after KA, I would have gotten up and run the dish. I would have been fine. I used to run off my hangover. Yeah. That's not relatable. <laughs> if, if anyone that's so in if that college listens to, to this. you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. Those were the days. Actually, I never had those days, but I envied the people that did. My hangovers were like mm. entire well, they were fleeting pity so. parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The hangovers are the worst, and then you got to get on a plane, and it's just. Uh... But um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, life has changed a lot, and it's changed in good ways, and I think interesting ways too. Because I don't know about you, Callie, but when I was in college I distinctly remember feeling like life after college was just kind of like a black box and Mm -hmm. in particular um you and I both went to Stanford which I feel you know kind of comes with its own box of of things issues (laughs) situations conundrums if you will I'm sure we'll get to all of that um but like I I think people after college at Stanford tend to kind of follow a certain set of paths and they're so predefined. I cer- I certainly felt that way. Um, and I think you and I have both taken routes at least for the first couple of years out of college that have not really been so hard on those paths that you tend to see coming out of a school like Stanford. So it's been cool right. to, to explore those. It's true. It's true. I remember first off, like for me, I did not think about life after college. I played golf in college and Mm. it was that I was going to be a pro golfer. And then I decided I wasn't going to be a pro golfer. And then it seemed that my life horizon ended at graduation um, for better and for worse. And then I got to senior year and everyone was like, are you working at Morgan Stanley or McKinsey or Apple? And I was like, those are your three options. Oh my fuck. You're kidding. <laughs> I was like, wait, you guys already have jobs there? I was like, what is McKinsey? And that was my senior year. <laughs> and yeah, that yeah. was like rattling. And it was, yeah. it is just, it is ex- expected. And it's also like this major comparison stress. Totally. Just general box of, oh my God, there's going to be life after this. I'm going to leave the confines of Palo Alto in palm trees. And uh, <laughs> what is life for? <laughs> right. What do I do now? I mean, I always used to say, so in college, um, we ha- I had the Catholic College, which was a blog slash YouTube channel that I um, was lovingly posting to and sharing content on for almost four full years. Um, and I remember reflecting on a lot of those things and writing about how I felt like my entire life up until the age of 22 was defined by the confines of like when a semester starts and Mm -hmm. when a semester ends, I could literally chunk my conscious young adulthood into three month chunks (laughs) as far back as I could 
freaking remember. So like yeah. now I was entering just this kind of blank, you know, v- vague void of time that's like unbounded and terrifying. Um, yeah. At least initially, you know. And, and like the concept of summer that that still doesn't it doesn't resonate if i'm being honest what's that (laughs) it's like it's like wait so it gets warm and you stay inside (laughs) Uh, i thought you were going to talk about how like how now summers don't mean anything because summers used to mean no school but now you just they do it's now just a pit of sadness it's just oh i don't know about that (laughs) okay in relative terms you know it's not like you you get up and you go fishing all day every day it's like true it's quarantine and you go to the basement of your parents house and you work (laughs) that sounds personal specific (laughs) am i projecting is callie projecting Can can anyone relate to that no <laughs> cool oh. <laughs> no it's cool, just cool, me cool. got cool, it guys. got it cool. no it's true though but that being said i did always feel like internships were the perfect way to just fucking ruin a perfectly good summer <laughs> like internships aside from being fake jobs because <laughs> that's what they are are mm-hmm. just like I know why they're good, blah, blah. We all know why they're good and why people do them. And I certainly would not have found my job after college, which I was very happy with and am happy with. I'm still employed, but I have a different job. Um, Woo! Without those internships. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, what the hell? That's just four summers just ripped away, you know? Yeah. Or three or whatever. It's true. It's just a weird experience. and And here we are now. Two years later, <laughs> two years post grad, no. almost exactly a couple weeks. Yeah, holy moly! Look at that. Yeah, that's and pretty crazy. Should we should we go through our story of like where we started and where we are now, and perhaps that will help clue in why we are feeling compelled yeah. to talk about a podcast about what life is like now. The realities. I think that's a great idea. Why don't you go first, Cal? Okay, I think uh, this story is better told by me, given that you probably don't remember it. But this is the story. <laughs> oh, we're going of... way back. We're going to the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we might as well start from the start, you know, day zero. Sure. So, day zero. Negative you know, one for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that will make sense in a second here. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we bad. were both fortunate. I'm starting at day negative two, actually. We were both fortunate <laughs> enough to have our lifelong meaning 18 year old lifelong dreams fulfilled Mm. by you know getting into the institution that is stanford um Mm. both incredibly grateful for that and i'm projecting here but i think you'd agree she nods (laughs) you can't see where's the butt i feel like there's a butt (laughs) no 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 there's no butt uh oh yeah very the tone was the tone was not it was maybe wrong but you know we're getting there um so we how we met is, as I mentioned, I was on the golf team and my only fellow classmate on the team uh, named Shannon O'Bear was Catherine's freshman year roommate. So mm-hmm. I believe it was, I don't even know what month it was, but I'm 
I have a friend visiting from home. It's like a super fun day on campus. Stanford puts together all these sort of absurd events for the students that like shouldn't exist. <laughs> and what, <laughs> I'm, what I mean by that is I think it, I think it might've been frost music festival. Um, which for context is where we had flume come for a $25 concert on, on campus. Those are the type uh -huh. of events I speak of. Um, but the point yeah, is, that is awesome. that <laughs> I took my friend over who was visiting to Shannon's dorm. Just, you know, we're exploring campus, maybe seeing what's going on next. And we're in Shannon's room. When the door swings open, dramatically in comes <laughs> Catherine. It's night. It's evening. It's evening. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's evening. I just I'm, I'm worried because because that that concert that you're talking about is a it, day concert. It's and true. so in my mind, I'm picturing like two o'clock in the afternoon. But this was like at no, least was a sunset. It was like nine. It was nine. Okay. Everyone okay. was in a state. And she comes in. <laughs> I wish that this was video. But it's she's on the shoulders of our friend and an RA. And this girl looks like she got hit by a bus. OK, oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> there's no blood in her face. I'm being a little dramatic, but I'm going to keep doing it. And she comes in, can this barely walk for picture. her own. <laughs> yeah, I promise she's great. Just stick stick around. And she gets put on her dorm bed, which I mean, I'm just going to throw this in here because I'm curious. But why are those beds like awkwardly tall? Oh, dude. It's because you have to be able to fit two whole regular sized dressers underneath. Because uh, dorm rooms are the size of closets, you know? Yeah. So they just hoist the beds up. Like Yeah, there were a feet. lot of great things about Stanford, but four years of dorms was not one of them. Mm -hmm. Anyways, Catherine gets placed up on her bed. <laughs> And she's like not speaking. So this is kind of like the the moment where you look at your friend from home. And you're like, oh yeah, that's um, uh, Shannon's roommate, Catherine. And we're like, do we leave? Because it seems like a serious situation. It's like we don't want to leave Shannon because she has to take care of Catherine. But it's like, okay, we're here for it. We're all in this together. So the RA keeps talking to her. She's not really. Slash, responsive. it's a spectacle. <laughs> Yeah, slash, let's film this. <laughs> but we don't, we don't, because that's not appropriate. Um, so she yeah, is not responsive. The RA is asking her all these questions. And Catherine responds in French to one of these questions that's like checking if she's alive. Just like out of nowhere, she starts talking and she starts answering in <laughs> French. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is this girl French? Because Shannon's French. I'm like, okay, everyone's from a different country. It's cool. I'm from Denver, the literal center of the country. And she talks in French and I'm like, damn, this epitomizes Stanford. Like people get blackout drunk and they talk in French. And then the RA is like, like, oh, like she must be better. And then I think he asks you, what does that mean? And you say, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then he, he's like, okay, she, I think she's good. And at that moment he left and that was it. And it was like, okay, she's fine. She spoke in French and then she told me to shut the fuck up and I'm out. <laughs> oh God, that, that story, it paints such a specific picture of 
of myself, but my friends and yourself, I think that that pretty much covers it. I mean, 18, leaving your gray, boring, white, conservative suburb outside of Chicago, going halfway across the country to Stanford, where, yeah, you get a freaking French roommate. I have a picture of me standing on move-in day in front of my door pointing to the sign that they put up of my because I because at Stanford you don't get to pick your roommates they like pair you with a rando which I think is great but yeah. that's how I met Stanford or Shannon and uh I'm pointing to the sign in the photo and I've got this look on my face like I'm gonna meet someone from outside of Chicago <laughs> let alone outside of the freaking United States like yeah. I was so excited but then I just kind of threw myself into the freshman experience including into the um alcohol so (laughs) but you know we were fine and then I probably ran it off the next day oh yeah you probably (laughs) ran five miles and we're thriving and that's the difference between now and then (laughs) exactly exactly but um yeah and then I guess when we met more like when I met you so that was day zero for you day negative one for me I'm yeah. sure we, we probably we met the next day or we start with zero I'm, I just want to clarify yeah. that you started with zero which is also a Stanford thing to 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 count in coding terms and for those of you that are blessed enough not to have ever coded in the computers world zero is one <laughs> that and that's wow, a confusing, that is a confusing way <laughs> <laughs> because zero and one is all right, also look, if yes you want to no. learn how to code all you need to know is that in computers <laughs> zero is one that's all you gotta know good luck yeah yeah <sighs> that's not gonna set you up for success but back to you <laughs> yeah no i mean i think you summed it up and and I, it's funny though like i don't really remember the like shaking your hand being like oh this is callie and just, i remember yeah. first impressions being like oh fuck this girl's cool like but i don't remember when or where that happened i was just like oh okay okay she's cool i'm i'm, I'm a little <laughs> intimidated i like her she's cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my reaction was I think similar and also because I had the athlete mentality that I will never be friends with anyone that is not an athlete. Um <laughs> which was you. <laughs> and yep, that was, is, oh yeah. In case anybody wasn't clear on that. <laughs> Although Catherine now is like kind of a professional athlete in multiple ways. Um, but oh, no, anyways, no. back Amateur, to that, but... I, I was like, I was like, wow, this is like a cool regular person. I didn't know that it, that existed because I was just like, had athlete segregation mentality. Yeah, I think Stanford did a pretty good job of breaking that. It was trippy for me to hear from my other friends who were going to other like state schools and stuff where they had like athlete dorms. Like they intentionally yeah. like segregated athletes from from the uh what what do you guys call us? The there was a word uh, NARPs, for it, right? Non-athletic regular people. <laughs> that's the one. NARPs. Yeah. Oh, I was like, gee, no, that's not it. Similar, Muggle. but Muggle different. is another one. <laughs> It's a little more condescending. (laughs) Surf. (laughs) Yeah. The second class. Oh, please, the fourth. Yeah, yeah, it's true. (laughs) Went both ways. Yeah, it really did. And and then we lived together our sophomore year in a a wild situation that was an eight-person dorm. 
don't even want to ask about that but yeah let's just skip over that part but it was fun we did have some good times um and i feel like we got to hang out a lot more there because we were living together we just saw a lot more of each other and uh we continued living with shannon and the wonderful sung moon um who was gone for like most of the year where Mm -hmm. did she go unclear she just left we believe Italy and then probably like Korea and another mix of random countries sprinkled in there. Yeah, and she like quadruple majored and never did anything but watch <laughs> Gossip Girl. If that yeah. doesn't epitomize standard, nothing does. Oh my god. But you are very similar in that, right? I remember I have a distinct memory of you explaining to me your um, studying strategy, which if I remember correctly, you said something about how you would do the problems right before you fell asleep and so you could dream about them and study it while you dreamt which was psychotic i don't remember and... that but i'm like hell yeah i agree with myself <laughs> that's that actually so happen. true rem- yeah, talk yeah, about stanford versus reality <laughs> like like now i read books about sleep actually i don't read because <laughs> I just don't, <laughs> but I listen to books and I listen to this book about sleep because I have this problem where I can't listen to books that aren't productive. Uh, so that's probably needs to be unpacked by a therapist, but back to the the book, <clears throat> the sleep book told me that if you actually like the phrase sleep on it is legit because when you sleep oh. in REM sleep, the point is that your brain is going back in trying to catalog whatever memories or experiences you had in the day with other memories that you have from back in time and like make sense oh, of it. Yeah. So they have all these studies that if you sleep on a problem, you actually more likely than people that do not actually have a better chance of coming to a solution. I mean, I have so many thoughts. No, no, (laughs) you you were not wrong. I mean, I was the psycho in in high school because I remember I had this one class. It was like global history or world history or something like that. And my teacher was this super, super arrogant guy. And on like the first day of class, he told all of us, if you get a B in this class, it's pretty much like getting an A because that's how hard it is. And it wasn't even like an AP class. It was just like an honors class. And he liked jerking himself off. Mm. And I literally in that moment was like, I'm going to get the highest grade in your class. And I was like, not to him, but in my head, I was like, yeah, fuck you. And uh, so I studied more than I think I've literally ever studied, like to a point where it was unnecessary. Um, And I would make uh, study sheets, laminate them so that I could study, wait for it, in the shower. (laughs) And then I would also record audio recordings of myself reading the notes, put headphones in and listen to them while I slept. I am not proud of where I come from. I'm just, I can't, I'm speechless, honestly. Yeah, you, uh, your face is Our blank. styles could not be any different in that. Yeah. And, you know, it's a miracle. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, one of my least, my fans' least favorite uh, statements of mine, different folks, different strokes, this really applies. <laughs> and yes. by fans, I mean yes. friends. <laughs> I think that's a great one. That's a great quote. Um, but yeah, oh, how things have changed. I mean, I swear to God, if I if I only could just pop in headphones and then, you know, a project that I have to manage or like a workflow that I need to 
uh, operationalize. I just woke up and it was like in my brain and done. That would be glorious. I wish I could still do that. Yeah. Like you just, you just know things and, and it's like, it's not brute force anymore. You know, like the, I think probably a lot of people that we went to school with are just absurdly hard workers, you know, obviously smart Mm -hmm. people and very gifted, but also just like, you know, laminate their notes and take them in the shower and and whatnot. Oh, for sure. But then it's like, whoa, you can't, you can't do that. People won't listen to you if you like, like you, you can't just be a know-it-all like what? oh yeah dude oh my god oh my god wait let's let's talk about that for a moment though because i feel like one of this is gonna sound awful and it's the last time i'm ever gonna say it but one of the things that i miss most about being at stanford is the fact that it was normal to go to stanford like (laughs) it is i'm back to the summer before i started my freshman year where people would be like oh where are you going to college and then you'd have to, you know, deal with that whole interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it happens now, too, where I feel like I can't not only I, I never, ever talk about where I went to school. I work at a a large media company based out of L.A. And uh, I don't feel comfortable talking about where I went to school because I feel like it really puts up a wall for better, or for worse, between myself and my coworkers. I think that's like both how they perceive it and how I perceive their reaction. And so I just yeah. kind of prefer to keep it out of the equation. And it also doesn't really come up like in normal life, people don't walk around talking about where they, where their alma mater is. So yeah. um, it's, it's pretty easy to avoid, but I also find that like people talk differently. Do you know what I mean? Like outside of like when you're at Stanford versus when you're out, people talk differently about Stanford or just no, it- about like, like using words and like um i don't know just oh there's a different language for people that that, yeah 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 i mean it's it's a bubble in all the ways and then you leave and it's like i don't know what my relationship is to it what what would you say like how do you currently identify with stanford like how does that play a role in your current identity as a regular regular 24 year old working I mean, my strongest working connection to Stanford is like if I'm going to the beach and I put a hat on, it's going to say Stanford on it because all my hats are just from undergrad. But in terms of like my day to day life, the fact that I went to Stanford has very little material impact. I mean, to be expected, you know, like what it's not unless you like literally work at the Alumni Association or, you know, are like a volunteer applicant reader. What's your connection going to be? I think like. That being said, I definitely like have had advantages. Like my first job out of college was at a boutique media and entertainment consulting firm in Los Angeles. And I know I got that job in large part because of the name of the school on my resume. And, uh, you know, that job led me to my current job, which will lead me to my next thing that I go on to do in the future, too. So I think I kind of feel like the impacts of going to a school like Stanford are more um, in like the bigger building blocks of life yeah. and less of like the day to day. How do you feel about it? Oh, totally. I mean, I think that you could never underplay the power that going to Stanford holds. In some ways, it's like it's like an awkward thing because you know that you are granted certain liberties and people just generally assume that you're more capable or like 
you know, smart just because you went to Stanford, which is like a, a wonderful blessing. And it's kind of like, it's sometimes somehow weirdly you feel bad about it. Like, which is why you, you don't mm -hmm. tell your coworkers. So it's an interesting relationship I have to it. I think like my least favorite thing is when people introduce me as she went to Stanford Oh yeah. or when oh, yeah. my parents' friends are like, Oh, or you're the one that went to Stanford. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And my name is Callie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's totally. a lot more about me than that. I mean, I went to golf. I didn't go yeah. to Stanford. <laughs> like also is the second <laughs> part of that. Yeah. So yeah, we had very different college experiences in terms of the, now that's the difference between day to day and Stanford having an impact on your day to day. Your lived experience is very different when you're an athlete. Yeah. That's true. It's true. And similarly, it was like a, a wonderful gift and just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, you can't, it's, I, mean, I think it just epitomizes that you cannot project what someone is or what their experience was by like where they went to college. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Do you miss it? No. <laughs> Simply put, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. I miss, like, you know, being a longboard ride away from you and from other friends and, like, you know, just people, mm -hmm. especially as we're in quarantine. Um, <laughs> but generally speaking, no. I mean, I, like, don't think that college was <laughs> my time to thrive. So if anyone ever listens to this and you're like, man, <laughs> college is not the best four years of my life. Don't worry. It's not supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It, and if it is, that's, that's cool, but that's hopefully cool too. you're not peaking. Hopefully you peak every day of your life and yeah. not, you know, you can't, I would hate to look back on a period of my life and be like those, like it's been downhill ever since that day, you know? Yeah. Um, I also just like, don't understand where that sentiment comes from. I guess it's like, just because you can drink as many beers as you want and no one cares in a day. Is that why college is the best or like, right. No responsibility? Cause like to, to suppose that like that kind of a day would be the best days of your life when you're saying, I don't know, 30, is to suppose that when you're 30, that is equally as attractive to you as an activity. <laughs> <laughs> like, you yeah. know, going for a walk or seeing your kids if you have kids or like traveling or getting an awesome job. Like there's, I think one of the biggest shifts for me has been how my value set and what I find joy doing has changed on a fucking dime like after I graduated <laughs> and to that end I think I was ready like I yeah really I'm with you I don't miss it and I think that four years was the perfect amount of time so true um to just like fully entrench yourself in that experience and take advantage of all the wonderful things that college in general has to offer and then get the hell out of there and do something different because you can't like by especially by that age like when you're 22 I don't know. I, I shouldn't speak for other people because I know a lot of people will stay and do a fifth year or whatever. But like by, when I was 22, I was like, I was ready. I was yeah. ready to get out there. I was ready to start making money. I wanted to have my own apartment. I wanted to like be reminded that there was a world outside of the bubble because that bubble yeah. was, I mean, glass walls on that bubble for sure. Totally. And it's like, okay, 
I've gotten here. I'm ready. Like I've learned some stuff. Yeah. I'm ready to do it. I want to have like my own right. space and, you know, live, be a, be a real human. Yeah. But I think also totally. that's not necessarily the norm. I think a lot of people are totally freaking scared about that. Mm. Like going into the real world. Did you, did you feel that? No. <laughs> not I, at all. I, not to just shut down those people. I mean, you know, I think I was honestly, it's funny. Like I was scared of it or not scared, but kind of like freaked out by the idea when I was like a sophomore. Yeah. But by the time I was a senior, also for context, um, I was already going through a tough time my senior year. And so I like story for another time, but just left school my, my last quarter to go literally to the other side of the world. I went to Brazil um, for like eight weeks and just disappeared. And um, I was, I was having a wonderful time while I was there. I was teaching English at this school um, in like the southernmost states, like the wine country of southern Brazil. Absolutely gorgeous. Wouldn't change experience changed my life. I'll talk about it later. But um, I was ready. Like it was time for me to move on and um, be reminded that there was a world outside of Stanford. And I remember feeling so strongly. I just I was sick of studying stuff and I wanted to start doing stuff. Yeah. Like at this point I was shadowing GSB classes about businesses and I was like, that's awesome. But I want to go like contribute. Like I'm sick of reading articles about like the Disney company and Warner brothers and Netflix making all these cool decisions and like impacting the way that people get access to entertainment content. And like, I want to go start help do that thing. Yeah, it's like I'm I cannot read one more case study and hypothetically look back and wonder what the management strategy should have been so that they had those people (laughs) that wanted to quit. Like, I would love to see that exist. Yeah, I know. I think you and I are similar in that way where it's like we learn best and it like just get the most fulfillment out of doing. Like, I really don't think I could ever see myself um, in academia for that specific reason. And I switched majors for that reason. Like the original major that I was considering was too theoretical for me. And so I ended up kind of pulling out and assessing, doing a little bit of a, a, you know, internal reflection as people do when you go through, as you should when you go through college. I think more than anything else, that's the best time or that's what you should be doing when you're in college. Like, yeah, you take classes, you, you know, get good grades and all that stuff, or at least you try to. But if I could like give advice to college students, it'd be like, oh my God, just think about where you want to see yourself and like what you think you might want to do. And not in the sense of like, do you want to work at McKinsey or do you want to work at um, JP Morgan? It's like, what, what do you want to do every day? And like, what are the things in your life that if you do those things, you will lead a happier existence and a more like content and fulfilled existence versus if you don't have them. Like, right. I don't That's know. That's such a good you point. Know? Yeah. And it's, I think also I felt, I think we both felt this pressure of getting it right off the bat, which totally it's like, it's not about getting it right. It's about continuing to ask the questions and it's like, you have a whole life to get Mm. it right. But if you're consistently asking yourself, is this what I want to do? Is this where I want to be? Am I feeling fulfilled? Eventually you're going to, you're going to start trending in the, the right direction. And I think that, what do you feel like were the values? Oh, do you I think our, our lines just tripped up on each other? Okay. You were saying what what are the values? 
Yeah, I was going to say, what are the values that you feel like you took into account to decide what you were going to do as your first job out of college? Oof. My first job out of college could not have been more of a shot in the dark. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> funny. I it's, it's probably it's probably a, I mean, yeah, wow. My <laughs> November of my senior year, this was after I was like, oh shit, everyone has a job. And I didn't even know that, that I was like, we're not, we're not working for like a year, guys. What are you doing? And they're like, oh, not if you want to work <laughs> at McKinsey. So and I was like, well, looks like yeah. I'm not working at McKinsey. That wouldn't have wanted to, that would not have gone well for me or the McKinsey's. <laughs> Anyways, I took a job in November of my senior year to be a product manager in New York because I was did a two day per week internship my junior year of college because that was all that could fit into my golf schedule. And hence was the only internship that I had. And I was like, I like it. I like computers. I like technology. I like <laughs> not being a coder, but being involved in that product decision making so it's like okay there it is product management is also right down the fairway for my management science and engineering degree so that was perfect um, and also plus, definitely one of those routes that it's like if you choose to do one of these three things after stanford gold star you are a success you did yeah, it right yeah it's like they'll put you on the their page like you'll you'll be represented <laughs> as an alumni that we're proud of if you don't mm, unclear yeah. so yeah. then <laughs> I was like, cool, cool, product management, New York, that's going to be sweet. And then March of my senior year, I got reached out to by a private equity firm for a low-key exec recruiting job, which I didn't even know what it was. And my also my style at the time, which probably explains a lot about my decision making, was like, I didn't want to ask questions because I was more just like, you know... I don't really want to know if I don't really want to do it. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Wait, Which so, was so, legitimately, so you did so you I did not even your... know what that was. <laughs> like, I did not even know what I was going to be doing. I was just know that I was like, I'm going to be like working with CEOs that we place in charge of companies. I'm like, that sounds pretty cool. And like, I'm oh not going to lie. I am not going to lie. I was like, Oh, my dad likes the idea of me being in private equity my, you know, mm. I've always been told finance, finance, good, finance, good. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's not how my parents yeah. talk, but that was the association I had. Yeah. And that's how your brain great. interpreted the message. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, Wait, okay. So what did you do about your previous job in New York? Then? Oh, I said, sorry to this man. I, I do not know a thing. And I, I said, no, I'm not going. <laughs> After you had already accepted or you yes. never accepted in the first No, place? I accepted. I signed, signed, sealed, delivered, and uh, sent them an email saying, oops, sorry. <laughs> uh, so bad. that was probably not the best, but ended up in San Francisco. And the question that you originally asked me and before I digressed was what were the values that went into that decision? Um so honestly, I think that I had such little clue as to what I actually wanted to do. The thing that really guided my decision making was that I wouldn't set myself up to go in the wrong direction. That was mm -hmm. like the key thing. I was like, I want to learn a enough about a lot so that it doesn't really matter like what the thing was, but that I could go to something else because I was like, yeah, whatever my first choice is going to be is not going to be it. So 
put me in a place where I'm going to learn something that's going to take me to a new place. Because honestly, at that point, I was like, I just want to start my own company. I I don't want to do anything else. But, you know, being 22, not knowing much of anything besides what you think, you know, and, um, you know, not having an idea that part is like not a great place to start a company from. So long story short, you know, it just took two more years and a little bit more of an idea and then I started a company, but <laughs> and then you did start a company. So now you no longer work for the private equity firm and you have your own business. Yes. Yes, I do. And it's just so classic, right? Like that's the most Stanford <laughs> thing in the world is to start your own company. But here I am and that is what I decided here to do. Are. And it's, I mean, it, it couldn't be better. It's exactly what I want. I'm learning more than I could ever be learning so I imagine I don't really know anything again, but you know, here we go. With <laughs> We're very I'm humble here between I'm the two of us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We think yeah. we know so yeah. much. It's funny when you say it out loud, I'm like, damn, I sound annoying. <laughs> Every time the word Stanford comes out of my mouth, I kind of throw up in my mouth. I know. I know. I'm like, this is probably, I don't know what impression we're giving off, but it, it can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> probably not a good one we go like 90 10 90 10 90 but you know i don't know this is it feels authentic to me so i guess we'll just kind of i have a uh, experience dealing with authenticity in the um eyes of the internet uh as you do as well because i've dragged you into it mostly without your consent so um, yeah those you, are the you've days gotta tell the uh the listeners what you're what you're talking yes. about well yeah i think i mentioned slightly earlier how uh i you know i had a blog and a youtube channel when when we were in college um called calf in college uh which is lightly what the i guess perhaps title of this podcast will be based on maybe get some of those old viewers back but um they're all like adults down there like what the fuck it's, i don't know um, <laughs> we, we don't care but I, it, <laughs> unfollowed you like six years ago um but uh it was a good time i mean like you know i was making a lot of videos and writing a lot of articles mostly just like capturing and reflecting on college stuff but i'm not gonna lie like when we were because initially we had talked about how oh we should make a podcast and it would be so fun mostly for the sake of like what if we made a podcast like that'd be kind of cool and then the theme and the idea came later yeah but I think it was, like, the first idea we came up with, I think we both were attracted to it right away. But I can't lie, like, one of my gut reactions to anything about, like, reflecting on college or talking about college or even just, like, identifying as a young adult, um, and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about this as the podcast potentially progresses, but is like, I feel kind of icky about the idea of, like, comparing my present state to my past state and maybe it is because specifically so many people refer to college as the best four years of your life it's like I feel like a little uncomfortable trying to compare now to college because they're just so vastly different and because my personal situation was ending college on a kind of weird note where like I was already leaving and was kind of like unstable at college and like needed to leave that environment um for like my own wellness uh I often am like okay wait am I like actually happy outside of college or am I just 
trying to convince myself that I am because I want to prove something, um, <laughs> which I think also yeah. like there's a lot to unpack there alone. Um, but it's 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 weird, you know, like like leaving leaving the college environment and going off into the world are two different paradigms. Like they really That's are. So true. And, you really have to just, I think in the same way you throw yourself into the college experience, you got to throw yourself into the real world experience. So I get kind of like icky feelings about like, ah, am I just doing the whole Catholic college thing all over again? Cause like people were saying, oh, you should continue Catholic college after you graduate. You could do like Catherine, the real world, Catherine business, Catherine in real life. And it like, I got the idea and it was obviously felt really good that people wanted me to continue, but it just didn't feel right. Like the authentic yeah. thing for me to do in that moment was to drop the Stanford thing, drop the Catholic college thing and go figure out who, you know, Cath 2.0 was slash just like be in my own skin and figure out my next steps. And I knew that didn't involve blogging or YouTube or recording anything, you know? So I yeah. just kind of threw it away for a while and it's been, it's been a great choice. Man. So much of that is like, I'm like, damn, yes. That's so on point. <laughs> it's like, it's hard to compare the two because one, you weren't the same fully formed person that you are now, which you weren't the same fully, we aren't the same fully formed person that we like were one minute ago. So it's right. hard to consider. Or will be in five years. Right. It's not apples to apples. It's like you yeah. are growing into what you are now. And it's hard to compare something that was a step on the journey as if it was like another end point which neither none of these are so it's really right. hard to like actively compare right, any right. of that yeah it's hard to like like I hear a lot of podcasts and stuff where or like I'll read back on or, old journal entries I've kept a journal since I was in the fifth grade so I have literally a running record of what's been on my mind and important to me and how I've seen myself <laughs> in the world around me for like however many years passes between the fifth grade and two years after college which and, is epic um, <laughs> which is cool right like to yeah. look back on all those memories and and literally read in my own handwriting um what I thought was important and stuff but it's like there was a period of my time where I would look or a period of my life where you look back and you're like ugh, I would you know I'd be like 18 years old writing about when I was 16 being like oh my god what did I know I was 16 and like you <laughs> judge your past self so hard and I just feel like now I have such a different outlook on it where I look back on my journal entries from when I was 20 or 19 or 21 or how old am I now? Oh my God. I thought I was 22 for a second. No, I thought 24. you were too. And I was like, well, yeah, it was like last year. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, there's more numbers. I've been in my twenties for more than two years. Um, it's yeah. What the f so like time passes differently also, but I, I don't look back on myself and I'm like, oh, I was just a stupid, stupid 21 year old. What did I know? It was like, no, dude, that was all me. Like in that moment, like Catherine as a 21 year old living her life, like that's what was important to her. And she needed to do that and figure that shit out so that I could become, you know, Catherine as a, as a 24 year old human woman. Yeah. So what's important to you now? Oh, you know, <laughs> no, what's important to me now? I mean, what's important to me now is the relationship that I have with my partner, um, who I've been with actually since graduation, which is funny how that all, oh, I hope we get unfolded. to that story at some point. <laughs> I'm great. sure we will. We must, we must. Um, yeah, we, uh, the first night we told each other that we loved each other was the night before we walked for graduation. Um, that was pretty crazy. But anyways, uh, so 
having a great relationship with him and working on that relationship and um, spending time with him and, and being with him and his family is up there in terms of values and priorities right now. I would say my work. Um, I really love what I do. And even though sometimes it makes me want to bang my head against a wall um, because it's hard, I know that I am learning so much about the exact kind of stuff that I was dying to be mm-hmm. getting my hands into and like getting knee deep into when, you know, I was in college. So I'm, I'm so thrilled and happy to be participating in the capitalist marketplace every day. <laughs> I mean, it's so goofy, but I, I love it. Like I'm, I'm yeah. making stuff and it, people are using it and it's having an impact on the world. So, um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, like those are the two top ones that come to mind right now. Obviously, there's like health and fitness and spending time with my kitty cat and, you know, <laughs> friends and going to the beach and all that kind of stuff. I also live in L.A. I don't think we've mentioned where we live yet. And uh, I uh, absolutely adore this city. I don't know what I did for seven years living <laughs> in Chicago. L.A. is LA. where it's at. Yeah, I just feel so I love this city. I could go on and on for hours about it, but uh it's yeah it's the bee's knees yeah for sure you are totally like in flow right now as much as you can <laughs> be when you're 24 you're like you're you're in flow <laughs> i mean not always you know of course it's not perfect not uh daisies and roses all the time but i do i do absolutely feel like good you know about where i'm at and i don't feel bad about saying that and uh uh and yeah, especially like I know we said we weren't going to compare, but comparing to where I was <laughs> at at the end or middle or beginning of senior year of college, I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm leaps and bounds. Um, you know, doing better, feeling better, loving life, and just how things are going better too. So, what yeah. about you? What about you? <laughs> and a hundred percent different. And to to cap that off, like life is a hundred percent different, and you're hundred oh, percent changed, god, yeah. which is oh is god. crazy. Quick too. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready, like I said. I felt ready. I think Dude, it was a natural I feel the transition. same way. I'm like the same way. I feel like a hundred percent changed. Uh for one, I don't really play golf anymore. Although I played yesterday and I was kind of fire, so that's cool. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but that is certainly not a value anymore. Um you know, which that in itself could probably be a different podcast. And I'm sure a million people talk about it way better than I do of just that whole identity shift. But yeah, I think like Mm. what, what is become important to me now could be summed up by living, aiming to live authentically. And Mm. I think that that applies in all facets of life as it relates to my relationships. It's like really refining and spending the precious time and quality time with people that I've really truly love and foresee my life and for the, for the long term, and not superfluous, just like, you know, so that you're going to the things you want to do and, you know, having the experiences you want to have, like, no forming genuine relationships because, that is what's true and what's real. And then in terms of, of work, it's like getting rid of all of the shedding. I would not say all of the, because I'm certainly not even close to there, but just more refining what it is that I actually want to spend my time doing and how I want to use my skills and use my brain power and like what I want to do. And that is really in helping people. And that's in a multitude of ways but you know like quitting your job and 
living in your parents' basement while you work on a company that you don't have any idea whether or not it's going to succeed is like, <laughs> it's like an ego check in a lot of ways, because in some ways you're like, wow, I'm doing it. I'm running my own company. <laughs> and that's like an ego check. And then you're also like, wow, I haven't made money in nine months and I'm living in my parents' <laughs> basement. And if this doesn't go well, I'm going to be entering the job market in a pandemic. And that's another thing. <laughs> so that's like a whole nother thing, but just trying to show up, yeah. show up authentically in that and, you know, do things for the right reasons. I'm trying to work on that. And then, yeah, yeah, I, f I feel like it's that interesting. encompasses all of it. Yeah, I was gonna say it's interesting to hear how you speak. Um, I think ever since founding Blissin, like you, the way even just like the way that you talk about your values and talk about showing up and living authentically, I feel like those were things that like you had expressed using other language in college, yeah. but now it's like it seems to come very naturally to you to talk about um, those things. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I feel like I have had the fortune of growing up in a in a family that totally empowered me to be myself which is like a blessing and mm -hmm. it was just kind of a natural thing and then I you know you start to realize okay sometimes I'm like totally me and then other times I'm totally doing things because of some other reason you know it's like I'm pretty sure that I wanted to be a pro golfer so that I could be famous for a while like that was totally mm -hmm. real <laughs> and yeah. which is t not bad or wrong at all, but it's just like, is yeah. that, is that what you want still? And then it's like a, yeah. it's, it's slowly peeling away the things that are like, okay, wait, that maybe actually isn't coming from, from a real place. And then, you know, I've, I've found in my life that when I do things that don't come from a place of pure, just, I want to do it or it feels real then that's where it's like, if things go wrong, it starts to be not fun. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's, the peak, there's way too many peaks and valleys versus just the right. steady state of like, oh, things could be going well or things could be going poorly, but like, I'm doing what I want to be doing. So it's fine. right, right. And it's hard to get motivated. Like if you're not, if you're not crazy about what you're doing or are actively unhappy, I mean, that's part of why I hated internships or some of the internships that I did for some birds. It was like, yeah, God, I know I don't want to be doing this right now. It's just, it's hard to get yourself out of bed in the morning sometimes. And some people live their lives that way. It's funny in my first job, um, one of the one of the people who worked there, I think somewhat famously within the company, had said that um, he hated Stanford students. And, and this was someone who would hire students from a, a whole swath of, of um, you know, top colleges on the on the West and East Coast. And uh, and when you asked him why, he would say, oh, they just all want to save the world. <laughs> Like that was his it's reason. So and from a, from a, a guy who hires people perspective, it was like, oh, my God, just do your damn job and quit bitching all the time about yeah. how this and that could be better. And all I'm, I'm sure he dealt with the whole gamut. And I don't blame him at all for having that perspective. I mean, personally, I kind of took it as a backhanded compliment because I'm like. You think I'm ambitious? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you think I? You, you think I'm a world saver? <laughs> so true. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, but yeah, I think there is that element to it, right? Like, it's uh, 
I think a lot of Stanford students do really want to have that impact. Now, whether it's because they feel it in their heart, like this is what they want to do, which I feel like you and I are very similar in that, right? Where even though our goals are different and our values might be different, like we have a pretty strong compass in terms of career of like what kinds of things we would want to say yes to and what kind of yeah. things we would want to say no to. Um, or rather, because we're not reactive agents living in a chemical world, what things <laughs> we would want to go out and pursue and which things we would not want to go out and pursue. Um, whereas I, you know, whether that's based on that reason or because we just want to do something because it looks good or it sounds yeah. good to the, the peers and the parents and the other, um, you know, sort of other bubbles that exist within the working world, just like how they existed at Stanford. I think that that's different between Stanford students. Um, yeah. But like you said, I mean, high achievers and crazy hard workers, a lot of them, not everyone, but yeah, I mean, it was, I think it was an awesome I, opportunity. I think the, the wanting to have impact is totally a, a millennial thing, you know? And I mm. think that perhaps something that the relation between that and Stanford is that, you somewhat feel like you should because you're like, you have this, this somewhat of an ego that it's like, yeah, well, you know, I have the pick of the litter because I went to a really fancy college and I should, I want, I get to save the world. So I want to, and it's mm. like, it's so well intended by, I think all of our, our, um, millennial peers, and it's it's just interesting because it's it's like such a thing. People are like starting to realize that, you know, you can you don't have to hate your life all the time. And because that's like, <laughs> let's make impact. And that's what we want to do. And, it, and that in itself yeah. is like wanting to have impact is somewhat egotistical. But it's right. Right. It's great. And it's like, yeah, it's interesting. It is. It is. And I wonder, it'll be good. Like, I'm, I'm excited, you know, if we decide to continue this podcast in these series, I think there's an awesome opportunity here for us to get other young people and older people, shoot, like on the podcast and talking to them who didn't go to Stanford and to talk no. a little bit about like, okay, you maybe didn't go to Stanford, but you're also 24 years old living in Denver or LA or New York or San Francisco. Like, what's your vibe? What is important to you? And like, how much do you feel like you need to, you know, fix the world as opposed to just like kind of exist in it and, and do what everyone else does and live a good life. Um, I mean, I, I think what I'm excited about for this podcast is not only to like for you and I to tell stories and reflect and, you know, talk about our lived experience, which yeah. is Stanford. We're not trying to make a Stanford podcast. It's just, that's where we went. And, like well, that we're, that's going to come up <laughs> yeah. um but like you know just to talk generally too about like what is the what is the millennial the young millennial condition uh it's funny i feel like we teeter millennials and and gen z we we're do. literally right on the line 1996 is the line so yeah um or according to like some articles i've read anyways uh it i just think I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there especially about like what yeah. the world expects of people at this age i feel like everything it's goes so from true. being very casual to very serious very quickly yeah at like 27 28 where it's like everything's casual and especially the day you turn 30 it's like are you married do you have a car do you have a house do you have kids like what? yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's no, your job I, I tell my uh co-founder i'm like D no once you turn 30 i'm gonna listen to you all the time like, <laughs> you, you will know stuff 
<laughs> How but old is so Shelby? She, she's she's twenty eight. Okay. Oh, when but, she turns thirty, you're gonna listen yeah, to her. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, a joke. I still it. listen to her, but <laughs> but generally speaking, I think being twenty four is a incredibly interesting time in life. It's like you're in between so many things, and it's, it's like transition moments you're starting new jobs you're moving cities you're moving in with your significant other you're changing careers it's like a lot yeah. coming and of course i'm sure we're gonna get to 30 and be like oh my god 30 is such an interesting time it's so transitional yeah. like i'm I hope sure that's how all of life goes but for now it so. feels like it feels like an interesting experience and a lot of people are in a lot of different places Yes. Yes. We're running the whole gamut right now. Like we have friends who are married and engaged and we have friends who are really single and, <laughs> or starting companies or working at companies or, you know, traveling. It, I mean, yeah. right now because it's <laughs> kind of like the age where it, age doesn't matter because everyone's a different, like you could, you right, could have right. any sort of different life at this point. I know. And I keep trying to get away from the idea of like wishing I was a different age. Like, okay, February 27th on the whatever year it is that I turn 27 is going to be rocking because mm -hmm. that's going to be my golden birthday. But other than that, <laughs> like, I don't want to be, I don't want to wish I'm 25 anymore that I wish that I'm 24. And I think that that's something I've kind of like learned and leaned into more too, because it's like, no, I should appreciate like what this is like today to be here doing this, you know? Yeah. And like 25 will come with its own set of awesome stuff but like there's awesome stuff happening right now as well this except is for the whole you know global climate but other than that yeah other than that we'll get there <laughs> we have personal yeah. problems <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah so yeah. this is 24 and there's more to come so much more so much more and we've i think got some big plans for hopefully you know to to get some interesting people on here and i'm i'm excited to share stories i think just between the two of us cal we probably have and we've hinted at some throughout the course of the past uh this very podcast episode about things to share um i'm looking forward to it i think we're gonna learn a lot and talk about a lot and reflect it's gonna be fun that is going to be fun. I'm pumped. And, cool. you know, at nice. least we'll have my sister to listen to this. True. Hey, Leg, what's up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shout I bet out my mom to... will listen, too. Yeah. Shout out to those of you that are early adopters here. True. As a, or as are a... going back and listening in reverse chronological order because we're famous. The year is 2026 <laughs> and you're addicted to our podcast. Yeah. Let's go with that. Let's go with Let's that. Let's go with that. And and I'm speaking from personal experience because that is exactly what's happening for me right now with the episode guy or the podcast Guys We Fucked. Uh free plug to Christine and Corinne. It's a fantastic podcast and everyone should go listen to every episode. Only a luminary. <laughs> See, I'm great. We Are should we start getting paid advertisers ASAP. I'm so good at promoting stuff. Yeah. Right at the so, end. <laughs> you're so good. You promoted someone else's podcast to end ours. <laughs> You're incredible. Uh, and if you didn't like this podcast, no worries. <laughs> Go listen to this one instead. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually listen to Blissin or Blissfinders. That's, Bliss that's Finders. your other podcast. That's my other podcast. Yeah. 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 We, did, yeah. we got different flavors, different folks, different strokes, you know? 
I know, seriously. Yeah. And that's the podcast where you can be all, you know, serious and, and work-like, even though you're not very serious, even when you're work-like. Um, yeah. And I, we've talked about that, and that's something I appreciate very much about you. But I think here we can, I don't know, it's going to be fun. We're going to let loose a little bit, let our hair down after a long work day. It'll be fun. A long work day, you know, maybe <laughs> you know, beers and buds on the on the podcast <laughs> to finish it off. Sounds great. Sounds great. All right. All right. Well, to, until next we time. We have no sponsors to mention, so we'll just end it right <laughs> Yeah. And with that. <laughs> and with that. It's thanks, done. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Do, 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 do. And then we cue the out music. Yeah. Fades.